Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's up, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Believe in Falcons. I'm your host, Will McFadden. Joining me, as always, on Sunday night, not as always talking about a win, but we're talking about a win today. It is former Falcons fullback, Ovi Mahaley. Ovi, how you doing after the Falcons have now strung together back-to-back wins? I don't know what to do with myself. Like, this back-to-back <laughs> winning thing, like, like we're winning two weeks in a row. It just it just feels weird. It sounds weird. It feels good, though. So I'm, I'm going to say that uh, I'm in a great mood right now. I, I was uh, yeah. down uh, near the Brave Stadium at the uh, Live of the Battery, big old ginormous IMAX screen, and <laughs> just – cheering with the fans and yelling with them and you know a couple of them recognized me it's like hey man they're running the ball but like back in the day like you and my turn used to i was like yeah it kind of feels like that looks like that like but i said i gotta give this offensive line all the credit i don't know who they are who are like who stole our offensive line gave us a bunch of like nasty brawlers and maulers (laughs) they were making hay so i I, i'm I'm in a good mood we are going to get into all of the the running game stuff because i really have so many questions for you specifically about that. And I did have that thought at one point where it was like, there, everybody in the building knows that it's going to be a run play and they're still running the ball and having success. And I was trying to think of like, when was the last time I felt that way about this team? And my first initial thought was that kind of Mike Malarkey, 2008 to 2011, yep. Matt Ryan era with, with you and Michael Turner. You know, I think 2016 also was that way just because of what Kyle Shanahan was able to do with Devontae and, and Tevin Coleman here. Yeah. But It was special what we saw today. So we're going to get into all of that um, right after this. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, and events with first-to-market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in-game betting, props, and futures. So head to BetOnline or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. And use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right. So, yeah, let's let's start with the run game. Um, What have you seen? Because you mentioned the offensive line and I really think that they are playing just at a whole different level than they were last season in both the run, especially the run, but also the pass, because I think the run is making it a lot easier on them in pass protection. But what goes into like, how did they flip this switch from one season to the next? Have you been able to tell as somebody who, you know, used to be so intimately involved in this specific part of football. Have you been able to tell anything that's changed? I mean, you can watch it. It's, it's like uh, watching the, the tide ebb and flow. Like you can kind of just see if you take a, a step back and just look at how these jerseys mesh with those jerseys and how they, <laughs> they push back. It's like, it's like a little snake. It's, it's a dance sort of. Yeah. But – if you look at it, and of course there's a little back and front, but what cannot happen, you cannot go backwards. 
even if you mm-hmm. stalemate your guy, you always want movement. But even if you stalemate your guy and keep him right where he is, that gives the running back a chance. As long as you have your guy locked up, that oh, you only need one person, the, the guard, tackle, one person to get movement, and you create levels. The whole run game is about levels. It's, it's about creating different ways for the running back to have a crease, to have a, uh, you know, a sliver of daylight. Interesting, and he yeah. had several of those. And it was so exciting <laughs> to watch different guys having their – turn in the sun different guys have it having their moment where you see the left guard drive his guy five yards down you see the uh the, the right tackle throwing his guy to the side or you see you know uh the center double teaming and then working up to the uh, to the uh, second level they had a couple of uh, uh that's why i like watching on tv because you get to see some of the uh um uh, the slow motion replay yeah. they had one where they called a, a penalty on the defense because I guess this is like the fifth time that somebody his his guy double teamed him and went back up to the <laughs> linebacker. He was holding, he was holding. Uh, um, it was the, the tackle, so he wouldn't go back up to the next level. And you can mm-hmm. see him for deal life tackles, moving his arms and swiping, trying to cut him down. That was the big Tyler Algier run, right? Where yeah, they threw the penalty flag, and everybody yep. was like, "Ah, oh, damn it! Like this is coming back." And then yeah, it was holding on the defense because they I, were just I, getting their ass kicked. Dude. I could not believe it. I'm like, wait, wait, wait. That's on them. <laughs> okay, let's go. Let's go yeah. then. So that it's just like add a little cherries at the top on how hard the offensive line was working. And a result of that is the running backs are having a field day. I mean, granted, mm-hmm. they all have talent. They all have skill. They all have their different uh, strengths and weaknesses. But everything is easier when your O-line is doing their damn job. 100%. You know, you mentioned everybody kind of feasting today. Tyler Algier, who I just mentioned, 10 carries, 84 yards. Half of that came on that 42-yard run that he had. Caleb Huntley, who I think may have been the player of the day today for Atlanta, just with the spark that he provided really pivotally there at the end of the third quarter. 10 carries, 56 yards, a touchdown. Cordero Patterson, the starter, 9 carries, 38 yards, a touchdown. But even Avery Williams had a 21-yard carry out of just nowhere um, for Atlanta. But I thought that the broadcast brought up a really smart point that you don't usually, you don't get this kind of insight usually, I think from a broadcast, but it was talking about, uh, you know, Caleb Huntley and the angle that he takes. And this is such a, an underrated part of the run game is having the running back and the offensive line be on the exact same page because your running back and your offensive line have to be moving at the exact same angle with the same exact kind of point in mind yeah. for where the play is supposed to go. And on a lot of these outside zone runs, and I think this is what Cordero Patterson does so well, is you really have to string it out. You have to press that edge for as long as you can because it it stretches the defense. It thins yep. them out and it creates those levels that you're talking about where, okay, one person on the offensive line kind of beat their guy. Boom, there's a crease. And then you cut it back and you find that that edge. And it's really, really benefiting, I think, this offensive line to just be moving. These guys are agile, quick offensive linemen. And kind of what we saw with Dirk Cutter, I think, was a, a variety of just like gap schemes, zone schemes, things like that. But you really have to hammer home the details of that stuff in practice to make sure everybody's on the same page. And he always struck me as somebody who was more uh, passing game minded as, mm-hmm. as a coordinator. And I think he liked and enjoyed and focused on that aspect and the run game suffered. Now you have an offense that is much more simplified, I think, in what they want to do, but they're so much more effective at it because of that and because of the details um, that we're seeing. So I'm right there with you, dude. I, I think that it was 
It was great to see the offensive line play really well today. What did you think of Caleb Huntley, though, specifically kind of going in the third quarter? And, I mean, what did you think? They ran the ball 10 straight times on a drive. They didn't throw a single pass, and they scored a touchdown. How cool was that for you? I was trying to see. I was like, I was talking to my boy Readers. I was like, did they even pass this drive? <laughs> I, I was like, I don't know. I, I was eating some wings, and I had a little drink. But, you know, did they pass while I was, you know, turned, turned my head? Yeah. Insane. For mm-hmm. us to be able to put that on film and put the fear of God into people, we don't have to fear of God, but we can make people think twice about with Caleb Huntley. How, like this wasn't yes. Cordero Patterson. No, no, it wasn't. <laughs> that's that's why I was like, and nothing against Caleb Huntley, but I'm like, right. everyone's having success. You got to give the O line credit. You got to give the O line some love because everyone's having success. And Caleb <laughs> Huntley, to his credit, there were several runs that O line opened the door. And he kicked the damn thing down where he was breaking tackles. Like you talk about great vision. You know, uh, um, I think some of his cutbacks were really sharp and being able to show people there's more than just two running backs here. And Cordero Patterson mm-hmm. and Tyler Algiers, they're, they're great. But Caleb Huntley is a name that you should remember because I'm going to be getting these yards. The ground game was definitely the way that the Falcons got it done today. And I, there was a quote that I read after uh, afterwards from Arthur Smith, and I really wanted to ask you about this because we're seeing the Falcons, I think one of the best parts about um, this season for Atlanta is really the game plan seems very, very specific to each game that they're playing. It's not kind of we're going to play our style of football and just believe that, you know, our brand of football is going to be better than your brand of football and we're kind of not going to stray too far. Mm. Arthur Smith and his staff, they come in each week and it feels very fresh. And it feels very different than maybe what we've seen um, previously. And he said afterwards, you know, we knew what kind of game this was going to be and that he believed whichever team could run the ball more successfully was going to win. But I'm just curious because you may know what a game is kind of going to be when you go in. I don't think it was any surprise to anybody that it was like these two teams want to run the ball all day long, all day long. But you can know that about your opponent and still come out and throw the ball a bunch, right? I mean, like, why Why does knowing what kind of game this is going to be and then playing that style of game that your opponent wants to play, like, why does that matter? Why is that important? And how does it help a team win and find success? I think, uh, I mean, a lot of it has to do with confidence. Uh, it's just something about looking somebody in the eye across the field pretty much telling them we're running right here. <laughs> we dare you to stop us. And then running right there and then them not stopping you, that says, huh, okay, well, we're running it over there next time and we dare to stop you. Stay there, you stop us. And then you run it there and you don't get stopped. And you're like, oh, hold on. We're running down <laughs> the middle. And then so you start to say, we got something. Like we have something uh, special that we feel like we can kind of – call the game as we want to and move as we want to. And so I think I think I applaud the Falcons for being uh, self-aware enough to understand that you aren't the Rams, you aren't the, the, the Bucks, you know, you, mm-hmm. you aren't a, uh, a talent-laden team to where we can just do our thing, run our game, and dare anybody stop us, being able to be, self-aware and to be uh, i feel like really intricate in the game plans to where you're mm-hmm. focusing on their de- their weaknesses and and our strengths and finding a way to, to pair that up and then just going for it but once you figure out that matchup 
and then you execute on that first and second quarter, it sets you up for the third and fourth. And I think we show yeah. that we can run the ball pretty much at will. And then third and fourth quarter, we're like, hey, we can run the ball at will with almost anybody. Shoot, I'm like, throw you <laughs> in there and put some pads on you and have you run behind some oh, of these yeah. all linemen. I did play it, running back senior year in high school for hey, a few games. You come see, you like, highest geez, highest yards per carry on the team. What's up? I, I think you would have been great. Um, <laughs> maybe. But uh, I, I think for the uh, Falcons players, it's just – their coaches showing their faith in them and them proving their coaches right. It, it meant so much for the team chemistry this game did. And uh, watching some of the the pictures and the videos from the uh, the, the win inside and the celebration, these guys yeah. really enjoy this one. This is a special win because of the way they did it and how they're able to show you know, just anyone watching the NFL that, hey, the Falcons aren't a, a one-dimensional team at all. Mm-hmm. And I imagine that kind of coming out of the tunnel and seeing, hey, we we have the measure of these guys. We knew what they were going to do. They're doing it like we have prepared for this. We have a game plan in place. And maybe that's the benefit, right, of knowing what kind of game it's going to be. It's like, yep, we knew they they are what we thought they were, right? Yeah. And, and they went out and beat them. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I, like I think that kind of just having that confidence and really finding ways to finish these games. This is two games in a row where the defense has made a key stop. You know, the offense, we still want to see them put these games away, right? But today was a huge lesson in that this team is still capable of leaning on the run game to come back, right? Even when it looks like their momentum is dead, which would lead most teams to kind of defaulting to throwing the ball a little bit more just to see if they can create a big spark or or just kind of take advantage of maybe a miscommunication on the on the back end for a huge explosive play. The Falcons kind of hunker down and they're like, all right, we're going to run the ball and we're going to get back into this doing what we want to do. And I think that should be the biggest takeaway um, from this game is that this team really can lean on one asset of their offense. And I, I think that's huge and, and will last um, throughout the year. But let's let's talk a little bit about something offensively that didn't work so well. And I think that's Marcus Mariota. Um, you and I have I don't know if defended him is is necessarily the right way to phrase it, but I, I think that we've been it's, realistic in, yeah. in our kind of defense of Marcus Mariota and in that like mm-hmm. he's Marcus Mariota, guys. He's not he's not Patrick Mahomes coming in here. Like he's he's not even Dak Prescott, right? So no. I, I just think that kind of being reasonable is is smart, but he did not play well today. And the calls for Desmond Ritter are getting louder. Um they are. Now the Falcons won, so I don't think a change is gonna come next week because they won, but should, should we start seriously kind of considering that maybe it is time for Desmond Ritter? <sighs> one more game like this. Yes. <laughs> like you, don't, you don't need two or three or four more. One more game like this. It's time. It, it's, it's Ritter time. I, I just don't see how they can continue to put themselves at a loss or uh, at a disadvantage without at least seeing if the young man can hold his own. Okay. At this point, all the things we were praising Marcus Mariota for doing, which is, hey, it's okay to be a game manager. It's okay to make the throws there in front of you. Hey, it's okay to, you know, uh, uh, run it and take those yards if they're in front of you. You got some legs. He has some mobility. Yeah. I like him uh, rolling out the pocket to the left or to the right. Marcus Mariota is not going to lose a game for you. He may not win a game for you, but he's not going to lose a game for you. Well, that's what he's, we said. He's tried. That, that, <laughs> that's what we said. But that's the reason the rhetoric calls are so loud because yeah. he's tried to lose games for us and the interceptions at costly moments or interceptions period when 
it's accuracy and it's just timing and it's things that an NFL quarterback should be able to do. And I don't know if the moment gets too big or if he gets wound up, but I, I just don't feel like Desmond Ritter is going to be such a huge fall off or drop off from Marcus Mariota if he plays like this to where you should at least see what he has, especially since you got to make a decision next year with drafting a, a big time uh, quarterback from Alabama, hopefully. But if we keep winning, we won't even have a chance to draft any quarterbacks from Alabama. Yeah. Uh, I, I think you need to figure out what you have in Ritter and along the way, be able to get some W's. So I, I don't think that Marcus would be upset if Ritter came in because he knows that I'm not playing up to my um, up to the standards that an NFL quarterback should be playing. And plus your boy, uh, who is it? Cooper Rush or Cooper, whatever his name is, the, the Cowboys, who's 4-0, yeah. who's a backup, who's playing lights out. He just shows that, hey, look what happens when you play within yourself and you know don't cross a lot of turnovers and hit the open receiver. Hit the open receivers. That's a, something a high school quarterback can do. So <laughs> if you do that, guess what? You win games. So he's making it to where NFL quarterbacks, starters, are on notice. If you got backups or backups out here going 4-0, you should be able to do something better than that, Marcus. Yeah. And I mean, I think that, again, there are, there are some positives that he brings to the table, but when his worst mistakes are coming in the fourth quarter, like that, you can't have that. I mean, you, you've got to be your most clutch because I, I think it's fair to say that if the run game was like 5% worse today, this is probably a loss. I mean, oh, they, yeah. they, they won in spite of Marcus Mario, mm. and that hasn't always been the case, but today it was. And yes, they won nonetheless and so that kind of brings me to my next question like the fact that they're two and two and they're currently in second place right now in the division I know it's been only four games and that doesn't really matter because you know we just started October this is when the teams kind of start becoming who they're gonna be this season but they're two and two there's a chance that if if kind of the score holds right now in this Chiefs Tampa Bay game by the time you're listening to this the Falcons could be tied for first place in the NFC South with a game against Tampa next week. Right. So does that change the math at all for you for when you would want to see Desmond Ritter? Because the Falcons have said they want to compete in these games. And, you know, you would think on paper, at least Marcus Mariota does give you a better chance than a rookie, but who knows? I mean, maybe that's the point, right? (sighs) Tie for first. It just sounds nice (laughs) after all the bullshit we've been through the past couple of years. Yeah. Um, it does. It does. And as much as I hate to say it, you got to give the veteran every single opportunity to to lose the job when you don't know what you have in Ritter. Uh, it's just when it gets to the point where it is clear and obvious that Marcus is putting the team at a disadvantage, then shoot, a, a, a hungry rookie is better than a scared vet who, who's you know not quite sure if he can – Get the job done. Uh, you know, you can almost see it as a player when uh, a vet loses his confidence, when he's had like, oh, it's terrible in running backs, when they fumble once or twice in the game or three, God forbid, three times in the game, they're shook. Like you, they're almost visibly shaking. They, they don't know if they still got it. You see a quarterback with an interception, two interceptions, and mm-hmm. they hit themselves on the, on the head and throw on their helmet or just being quiet and their hands in their little – pocket and just kind of rocking in the corner coach is talking to him and they're looking off in the space You're like that that dude don't got it no more like he he's he's in a different space we need to anything's better than him shoot again you you go out there and <laughs> take this crap and hand it off be better you can't have a quarterback a running back a player offensive defense that 
is not confident in what he's doing. And Marcus is putting on a great game face, but if the mistakes keep on coming and you feel like, hey, even though we are competitive, we don't know if we can be as competitive as we should be with this guy, that's when Ritter comes in. Yeah, and that's fair. I mean, and I think Marcus Mariota would say that's fair. Yeah, right? yeah. You know, it's it's we're out here to win. Everybody's being held accountable. I mean, they they're rotating running backs left and right. I mean, they're taking corners out and playing um, you know, I think DeAlford in, in place of Casey Hayward for a drive. So it's it's like these these different things that they're doing with the the players and the roster and who's inactive some weeks and whatnot. Like it's all in the goal of winning. And I do believe that like the moment that they feel that, yeah, maybe Marcus isn't giving us our best chance to win. That's the point that we'll see Desmond Ritter. But I just don't know if it's going to be because everybody is kind of calling for him. They, they don't strike me as the type of organization that will kind of cave to that right now, at least with the way that things are going. I mean, they've won two games in a row. So they do have that, yeah. that kind of confidence to, to lean back on. But you mentioned confidence and somebody who I think showed a lot of confidence out there today and really played his best game of the season was A.J. Terrell. Um, he pretty much erased Amari Cooper uh, mm. in this game who yeah. came into this one with back-to-back 100-plus yard games with a touchdown. I mean, he'd been playing really, really well, had been kind of the Browns' key offensive player uh, outside of Nick Chubb and was nowhere to be seen um, in this game. So what did you think of, of A.J. Terrell, but also just kind of the Falcons' defense as a whole throughout this one? Love the defense, and you know, big fan of Grady Jarrett. I, uh, hell yeah, dude. Um, yeah, my, I've seen him? every every Walter Payton Man of the Year award thing because uh, I was a former guy. I see Grady. We always dap each other up and you know, mm-hmm. big hug, and I always see his mom. And uh, when I go to the Falcons <laughs> uh, meet and greets, his mom is always there. And I she's, love his mom. Yeah, yeah, he's she, she's the coolest person, and uh, my wife's friendly with her. Uh, and so we all root for Grady. He is, <laughs> not, I always say the little engine that could, but the guy who. He reminds me of um, not Tony Saragusa. Uh, gosh dang it, we had a guy just like Grady Jarrett. He was uh, not as big as defense tackle should have been. Jonathan Babineau? Uh, no, no, not not Babineau, but uh, Rod he, Coleman. No, Rod Coleman. It, it was actually uh, with the the Ravens. You wouldn't know him. It'll, it'll come to me at three a.m. this morning. <laughs> who the guy's name was? But Grady Jarrett is the little engine that could that has surpassed every single expectation of him and is still getting better. So I, I love it when the guys that you pay the big money show that I'm not only worth this, you should have paid me more. Uh, <laughs> yeah. it's what I tried to do it when they, they paid me 18 million and there was like, Ovi, fullback, why would you do that? And I just kept on, you know, surpassing expectations, kept on beating the biggest linebacker, the highest paid linebacker, the best linebacker. I'm going toe to toe with them. Grady Jarrett is going against offensive linemen and making them look like li- little children. Uh, he's out there, making the big plays when they need him the most. He's chasing the quarterback. I just knew – I saw them dragging. There was a long um, fourth quarter. Our defense was tired. But Gray was out there riling them up, you know, yeah. moving his hand in the air, getting people to – and most importantly, his play. He showed with his play that, hey, we ain't tired. You tell yourself <laughs> you're, not, you're not tired. We're going after this quarterback like, you know, the hounds of hell. And they were just moving, arms swinging, swim moves, rip moves, pushing guys back, bull rushes. It was fun. I thought about yeah. the offensive line just moving as a group, as a unit. Seeing the defensive line and these guys act like little ninjas uh, trying to cut through <laughs> the offensive line and get to the quarterback. It was fun. And seeing Grady do it was great. But not just him. Uh, A.J. Terrell – 
had some memes about him the first couple of games because he was supposed to be our big bad guy and he got he got torched a yeah. couple times and, and he was nowhere in pro football focus top uh quarterbacks he was nowhere <laughs> near you know the uh, the, the best C- cbs of the uh of the week he just wasn't in that conversation because there are a lot of uh posters where he's right there next to the ball guys catching it he's right there close and contesting but the guy's still catching a touchdown yeah, no poster is part like that's exactly the perfect way to think about this because it's just like in in the nba like when somebody gets yep. dunked on that's yep. what it, that's what it was he was just kind of getting dunked ride. on in the end zone and to be able to come back from that i mean you know all football players are supposed to be resilient you know it's clear especially corners you know clear next play you got to do that you're supposed to do that. Not all corners do do that. And AJ right. Terrell has shown in this game that it's you know next game, next next play, next next, next quarter. Like I, I'm, I forgot all about that poster, poster who, poster what. I, I'm focused on this play right here to be my best, and he is just that. He, he's one of the best corners in the league, and definitely the best corner we got. And he showed why this game. I loved it. I think it's great to have players like that that can bounce back and. Again, lead by example, because when you have a bad play, AJ's going to be like, yo, what bad play? Focus on this <laughs> right here. Let's go. Yeah, I mean, it, the numbers aren't necessarily the prettiest for the defense as a whole. I mean, they, I think they gave up 118 yards to Nick Chubb. He obviously had that touchdown run where he was straight up untouched. I felt so conflicted today because I love Nick Chubb so much as a player. Like, I just yes. love oh, watching him play. And, uh, Kareem Hunt, both those guys, one, two yeah. punch. They're fun to watch, but not so much fun. <laughs> not against us. Yeah, I don't um, see that. It's foolishness. I mean, Richie, like Richie Grant, I, has played really well this season, and he totally misjudged that angle on Nick Chubb. I mean, yeah. I just totally misjudged his speed oh, and acceleration. Got, uh, a stiff arm to, um, you know, back to heaven. Someone got a stiff arm. I was like, ooh, <laughs> I don't know who that is. It was just. <laughs> I don't know. Like three times too, and I just, on the rewatch, yeah, yeah, stop um, it, turn it off. But you mentioned uh, Grady Jarrett. I mean, he has now three and a half sacks on the season through four games. So that's huge. Some of the players who came into this uh, weekend with four sacks, Nick Bosa might have heard of him. Khalil Mack might have heard of him. Mike Parsons, maybe you've heard of him. I mean, these are kind of like the elite of the elite. And and Grady Jarrett is a defensive tackle now has three and a half in the season. I mean, he that's is. That's Aaron Donald type stuff. Like that, that's, exactly. That's like he's. Type stuff. On pace, I think, for one of his best seasons uh, as as a Falcon, and that's saying something because dude's a multi-time Pro Bowler. I mean, is this his contract year? Is, does he have another contract year? Because he's playing like he has a contract on the line. He is playing <laughs> like, hey, give me an extension. I know you just paid me, but give me an extension because I yeah. am that good. He's trying wow. to get one more. Uh, yeah, why not? <laughs> one more, but no, I mean, he always he always comes to play, dude. That's what that's what we all love about him, right? As he goes about his business week in and week out, even teams bad. He's giving it his all. Um, so I'm really kind of excited for maybe the chance that if something does become of this season, that Grady Jarrett, you know, will be a huge part of it. And he gets another kind of ride at, at maybe success and relevance um, lead wide. And that comes with more notoriety for a player who it's very easy to overlook because the Falcons have been kind of out of the spotlight uh, recently. So <laughs> let's um, Let's kind of just end on this. The Falcons yeah. are learning how to win these close games. And for a young team that has had a lot of turnover, a lot of guys on one-year contracts, how important is that second win? Everybody in the NFL talks about stacking wins. It's very hard to win a game in the NFL. But mm-hmm. 
you can also win kind of any game on any given Sunday. Like that does happen. We do see bad teams beat good teams all the time. It's just the consistency is the part that bad teams don't have. So for the Falcons to now get back-to-back wins, one on the road, one at home, both close, both took all facets of the game, how much does that matter? It matters a lot because we could be 3-1. and We could be 4-0 and right now with, as far as yeah. close teams. It, it shows – it just proves to the team when they really buckle down, really work on their craft, really stay true to their assignment – you can win these close games. There are so many, you know, analytic uh, uh, geniuses and stat- statisticians that <laughs> talk about, you know, all the uh, different variables that go into winning close games. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, you know, it's not an analytical thing. It's just it sounds so terribly. The Jimmy's and Joe's, baby. But, but who? But who wants it more? It, it's it's about you know not only who wants more, but who can put that on film, who can actually uh, exhibit that in their blocking, in their defense, in their conditioning. Like you, I, I remember so many games. Can't feel my legs. They are burning like you know the fires of hell. I, I, the, the <laughs> lactic acid is built up, and you're just still pushing yourself. There, there's no taking plays off. Every play is like your last play, and that's how the Falcons look at it as a team. I don't know who riled them up. I don't know who gave them a speech, but winning two in a row in a season that people were saying they win two games all year, and to win back to back, it just shows that we have a team that can play with the big boys. We are not a, a basement, you know, level, bottom of the barrel type of, of terrible team. And, you know, people say we don't have much talent, but all right, take that, bottle it in and use that, you yeah. know, because even though they, 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 the truth is they don't have, not the most talented team, but as a player, you ain't going to tell me that. You want to tell me yeah. I'm, I, I'm not going to have talent. Like, I don't care who you are, you know, Ray Lewis, Dominic Sue, Lane linebacker. I'm going to do my best to, 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 you know, dominate. And that's the type of swagger that we're trying to build with this back-to-back wins and with this, uh, I think, showing some of these talking heads that two games all season, we've won two games in, in four. So we're trying to come out and show people that we got a lot – to show the league. So I think it's going to be a, a, a great uh, motivational, I think, booster for the team and something that uh, hopefully we can build on. Yeah. And I mean, it, it's not like every great player at some point had people doubting them that they had to kind of prove, yeah. prove them wrong. Right. And, you know, Lorenzo Carter was dominant at Georgia. Rashawn Evans was dominant at Alabama. Like these aren't bums. Like these, yeah. these guys have, a rich pedigree, it just maybe hasn't panned out in the NFL to the level of expectation that was initially set for them. But that doesn't mean it's never going to happen. And, you know, the sum of the parts, I think, in Atlanta is much greater than maybe the individual talent. And that's what matters. Um, and I, yep. I think that the the team is really getting the most out of its guys. And it's coming from everybody. You're getting a Caleb Huntley to step in and and really provide a big lift. You're getting a, a D. Alford to, to make a big play at the end of the game. Um, to clinch it a week after Richie granted that. So it's like coming from everywhere and that's the mark of a good team. Um, but you mentioned the lactic acid, your, your legs burning, being on fire. I actually last week, uh, grandma cleats went up to, uh, we have a park right across, uh, across the way from us. Actually, it's right. It's right behind your neighborhood. Um, so I, I, uh, 
went up to the to the field there and ran some sprints. I ran 10 sprints of probably like 60 yards each. Okay. Um, dude, I my legs the next day, like, and I lift and I, you know, stay in shape and all that stuff. But dude, sprinting is is another animal altogether. It's been a minute since I, uh, I last did that. Yep. Wow. Just no sold the hell out of me there. All right, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's good. I'm, I'm proud of you. That's I'm the just... last time I talk about anything athletic. I was in such awe. I was speechless. I was just like, wow. <laughs> My boy William works out like that. I just didn't you see you as a, a, a sprinter. You're trying to get great. me in this backfield, dude. I got to get ready. I mean, what I, am I gonna, they're going to call on me. I got to be in game shape. Uh, you never know. The call can happen any time. You got to stay ready. <laughs> gotta stay ready. Gotta 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 be ready at all times. Um, all right, let's let's get out of here. But real quick, thoughts, Bucks next week. Huge opportunity for Atlanta to grab sole first place of, of this division. Uh any early early thoughts on that game? Um momentum. I think we should kind of lean on into this momentum and let's go for three in a row. And the Bucks. Man, ooh, they got good defense, but we've actually shown that we have a really good offense and a good offensive line. So I'm hoping that we can have a, a huge upset. Yep, let's do it. Speaking into existence, uh, you obviously get much more of a preview uh, on that game from me later in the week. Uh, but today's podcast is presented by Bet Online. Please follow Ovi and I on Twitter if you would like to uh, at Ovi Mahaley34 at Will McFadden. Nice and easy. Share this podcast. If, if you know anybody in your life who's a Falcons fan, we want them to join us on board for this interesting season so far in 2022, which has the Falcons at two and two. So that'll do it uh, for this Victory Monday podcast. Always good to get a Victory Monday. And uh, we will see you again later on in the week with our preview of the Falcons-Bucks game. But until then, everybody, take care. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.